Welcome to Gospel Eyes with Greg Steer. We are in our fifth installment or fifth episode of the Life in Six Words series. E, everyone, everyone who trusts in him alone has eternal life. This is a powerful message and truth within the gospel that the gospel is for everyone and the gospel changes everything. And so I'm looking forward to hearing from Greg as he unpacks the truth behind everyone who trusts in him alone has eternal life. Uh, be sure to, to like the podcast, rate the podcast, review the podcast, subscribe, all the things you need to do to the podcast, social media on your platform. Be sure that you're plugged in. Here's Greg. Welcome back to the Life in Six Words series on the Gospelize Your Youth Ministry uh, podcast. So excited to talk to you today about the fifth word, everyone. Everyone who trusts in Him alone has eternal life. We're going to be talking about what is faith. And you know, when I think of faith, there's one particular thing I think of, and that is repelling. I don't know if you've ever been gone at a camp where you've done repelling or done repelling on a family vacation. Uh, I live in Colorado, so there's a lot of, you know, mountaineering around here. And when I was a youth leader, we used to take our students to Glendo, Wyoming, and they had a repelling wall. It was actually a cliff. And um, I decided to go repelling with our youth group. And I'll never forget, you know, getting that harness on, putting that repelling rope around me. And then they said, go ahead. Uh, we have you secured, lean over. And I literally had to let the rope out and I leaned back to where I was parallel with the ground that was 70, 80 feet below me or so. And right there, uh, the guy who was the guide, who was kind of our coach on how to do repelling, stopped and talked to me about the nature of faith. I'll never forget that. He did actually ended up doing that with every single teenager that was repelling that day because we were putting our full weight in that small half inch thick repelling rope. And if it broke, then we would go hurtling to the ground and die. Our full faith was in that rope. Talk about a lesson that I'll never forget. And when you think about this, it really applies to the gospel because Jesus is asking us, will you trust in me? Everyone who trusts in him alone has eternal life. John 6, 47, I tell you the truth. If you trust in me, you have eternal life. So I want to talk to you about trust. I want to talk to you about this sentence. Everyone who trusts in him alone has eternal life. There is something unique that sets Christianity apart. And that is in every other world religion you have to try. But in Christianity, it's not a matter of trying, it's a matter of trusting. Matter of fact, this statement, everyone who trusts in Him alone has eternal life, is unique on three different levels. It's explosive, number one. Number two, it's exclusive. And finally, it is extensive. Let's talk about those three different uh, realities. Number one, it's explosive. Everyone who trusts, everyone. So this message of the gospel is open to everyone, anyone and everyone. Romans 10, 13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It doesn't matter what you've done in your past. It doesn't matter if you're in prison for manslaughter or murder, first degree murder. It doesn't matter uh, who you are or where you're from. Uh, everyone who trusts in him alone has eternal life. The vilest of sinners 
through faith in Christ receives that eternal life. It's explosive because it's open to all. It's explosive because it's by trusting, not by trying. Again, every world religion is a matter of if you want to make it to nirvana or paradise or heaven or wherever, then you must try. You must obey the list, whatever that list is. In Christianity alone, it's not a matter of trying. It's a matter of trusting. By the way, this is what burn up the Pharisees and other religious leaders of Jesus' day because they were offended that Jesus dares say it's not a matter of keeping the list. You know, those Pharisees, they had 613 commandments that they called people to keep. And every single one of them was like another rung on the ladder on your way to heaven. But Jesus came and said, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Whoever believes in him will not perish, but has eternal life. Romans 4, 5 reminds us it's by trusting, not by trying. I love this verse. However, to the man who does not work, but trusts God who justifies the wicked, his faith is counted as righteousness. Think about those three requirements. You must not work. You must not try. You must trust God and you must be wicked. That is the way we are saved. We're saved by trusting, not by trying. I want you to think about this, this whole reality of trust. You may be thinking, well, that's kind of easy believism. You just believe and you're saved. You know what? When you trust in Jesus, you're trusting in a person you've never met to take you to a place you've never been, right? So it's so easy a child could do it. It's so challenging a theologian or religious person could choke on it. You know, when I think of trust, I also think not just of repelling. I think of my daughter when she was little. Uh, She used to go up on the stairs and say, Daddy, catch me. And just out of nowhere, she would just jump in blind faith. But it really wasn't blind faith for her because she knew that I would catch her. Trust, man, that is that is saying it has nothing to do with me and everything to do with you. I am I am jumping off the stairs, right? I am putting my eternal destiny, my whole life in your hands. I believe you were who you claim to be. I believe you died on the cross for my sin, rose from the dead. I'm trusting in you to save me from the presence and the power and the penalty of sin. Boy, that is something amazing. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 reminds us is by trusting, not by trying. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works so that no one could boast. If we could get to heaven by what we would do, we would go rolling into heaven like a boss, say, look at me, look at me. None of us are going to do that because we're going to all know we're there, but by the grace of God, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We're not going to say, look at me, look at what I've done. We're going to say, look at him the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Look at him, our savior. By his wounds, we've been healed. By his death, we've been saved. Through his life, we've been given new life forever because of Christ. It's a gift of God, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says. I'll never forget when my grandparents, when I was probably about, I don't know, 12 or 13 years old, gave me this killer bike. And I'll never forget, it was that Christmas day. Man, it was so awesome. And I had this great bike. And when they gave me that bike, they didn't say, hey, that's going to be $100, please, because then it wouldn't be a gift. They gave it to me with no strings attached. God gives us eternal life with no strings attached. We simply receive it 
by faith. Luke 18, 9 through 14 reminds us it's by trusting, not by trying. I love this story. Then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness. By the way, if you're depending on your own good deeds to make your way to heaven, to make your way into God's favor, you have great confidence in your own righteousness, and you should not, right? Jesus told this to those who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, the other despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I'm not like the other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give you a tenth of my income. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, Oh God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. I tell you, this sinner, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. You look at the most religious of people that have not put their faith in Jesus at the core of it, underneath all those religious acts, underneath all the fasting, all the going to church or temple or mosque or whatever, underneath all the acts of devotion, underneath all of the giving of time and talent and treasure, there's nothing but sheer pride and arrogance and self-righteousness. And God sees beyond all those acts to a darkened, depraved, prideful heart. The root of trying is pride. The root of trusting is humility. Listen, this is powerful for us to understand. It is explosive for us to understand. It's not by what we do. It's by what Jesus has done. It's not just explosive. It's exclusive. Everyone who trusts in him alone. So it's open to everyone, everyone, but it's exclusive is that Salvation comes through Christ and Christ alone. Jesus himself put it this way in John 14, 6. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He is the narrow way. Broad is the gate that leads to destruction. You've heard the ACDC song, Highway to Hell. If you have, you're a sinner. I've heard it too, though. All right, Highway to Hell. Highway to Hell. You know what the highway to hell is? Religion self-sacrifice uh, in our name for our glory to try to earn our way to heaven. Do you know what the path that leads to righteousness? Jesus is that narrow way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Here's what Peter said in Acts 4.12. Salvation is found in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. We are saved by faith alone in Christ alone. Now, I had to preach this many, many years ago, but almost, actually, almost 30 years ago, actually more than 30 years ago, when I went on my very first missionary trip anywhere outside the U.S., I went to India. And I was there with another evangelist, and we preached, I I preached 56 times in 18 days. He was on his own little preaching quest, same thing, 56 times in 18 days. I mean, I was exhausted. We just went from preaching place to preaching place to preaching place to preaching place. And mostly where we preached at in India were Catholic schools um, that had mostly Hindu teenagers there. 
uh, because the Hindu parents wanted their kids to get a good education, so they would send their kids to Catholic schools. Now, the problem was the priests could not give the gospel. They could not purposely proselytize. So, their guest preachers, though, their Protestant guest preachers, right, could. So, man, they, they were excited. These Catholic priests were excited when we came in to preach the gospel. I remember one Catholic priest telling me, Pastor, Pastor, 80% of these children, as they were filing in, 80% are Hindu. I go, Father, not for long. He's like, yes, he was so excited. But I wanted to communicate faith alone in Christ alone, that it wasn't by Christ plus, because in the Hindu religion, there's like, hundreds of millions of different gods from cows to cobras to monkeys to rats to all sorts of different things and so they have what they'll do is they'll just add another god onto their god shelf right so they just jesus becomes an idol and one of many so when i was preaching faith alone in christ alone i took a chair and i put it on the stage and i said children because they call teenagers over there children children how many of you believe this is chair? And for whatever reason, they thought it was hilarious. Yes, it's a chair. <laughs> and they go, now I want to trust in this chair. What do I do to trust in this chair? And they said, get on it. And so I put one foot up on the chair. And again, for whatever reason, they thought that was hilarious. I go, am I trusting in the chair? And they're like, ha, ha, no, you're not trusting in the chair. They're all screaming out. I go, what must I do? And they would yell, stand upon the chair. And I stood up with both feet on the chair. And I would say, now am I trusting in the chair? And again, I don't know why this is funny in India, but they were laughing, laughing. Ha, ha, yes, you are trusting in the chair. And I preached the rest of the sermon standing on the chair. And I said, listen, some of you are saying, yes, I trust in Jesus, but you have one foot off of him and another foot on another God. To trust in Jesus means you put both feet upon him and trust in him and him alone. No other God, but Christ alone to save you. And they stopped laughing and they got serious and they locked in. Let me tell you, preach 56 times in 18 days and 30,000 Hindu teenagers indicated faith and trust in Jesus Christ because they realized that Jesus is the way, the truth, the life, that no one comes to the Father except through him. They didn't just put Jesus up on their God shelf. He was the way, the only way. You know what? Today in the United States, I believe the average teenager is more Hindu than Christian in this sense. They don't believe that Jesus is the exclusive way to salvation. They believe whatever you believe, that's fine. Whatever you believe, that's fine. That's not all that far off from Hinduism because very, many Hindus have different gods uh, that they worship and it's all acceptable to their fellow Hindus. I'm gonna tell you this, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, the life. We need to call teenagers in the United States and around the world to faith alone, in Christ alone. It's exclusive, it's explosive. It's exclusive, this statement, everyone who trusts in Him alone is eternal life, and it's extensive because they have eternal life. Think about this. It's eternal life. I'm sure we've all heard the saying, listen, that sounds too good to be true. But when it comes to God's plan of salvation, I want to say this. If your gospel doesn't sound too good to be true, then it's not good and it's not true. We receive eternal life, this extensive gift of eternal life that lasts forever 
by faith alone in Christ alone. So I got to ask you this question. Have you ever put your faith in Jesus? Have you trusted in him alone? Have you put both feet on Jesus? If you have not, I challenge you right now, right where you sit, would you believe that Jesus died on the cross and paid the price for your sin, that he was buried, that he rose from the dead, and now would you, would you trust in him and him alone to save you from your sin and to give you that gift of eternal life? Maybe you are a Christian, but you're not walking in ongoing trust in Jesus. Listen, that same faith that saves you from the penalty of sin sanctifies you from the power of sin. Would you continue to trust in Jesus from first to last? As Romans 1.17 says, For in the gospel the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. The idea is we'll continue to live by faith. Are you continuing as a believer to live by faith? That's the secret to the Christian life. Don't just believe at the moment of salvation. Believe every single day. A daily declaration of dependence on the Holy Spirit. Here's how Paul put it in Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I live by faith in the Son of God. Are you trusting in Jesus every day? to take you to that place he wants to take you to, not just heaven, but every single day to sanctify you into his image. Uh, about eight years ago, uh, my son, who was 11 years old at the time, he and I and six other ministry leaders who, could, between us all, we had seven sons, took a trip to Alaska. And we went in the bush. I mean, we were able to go fly into the bush I mean, where you saw no one else uh, out there. We went on this kayaking trip. We had a guide. It was like a special preacher's special. You may be thinking, well, how much did that cost? It was $2,000 for my son and I combined. That's it. So this guy was giving us a deal. Normally things like this will cost you $10,000 each, but he gave us a preacher special. So we went and we flew in and we had each of us, you know, each of us and our kids had kayaks. My son and I had our own kayak and we got there day one, we landed uh, on this lake. <clears throat> From the time we landed on the lake to the time the plane came to pick us up, we didn't see any other people. And so we're there for days and we're in this, you know, I mean, it's like, it was like from 100 years ago or 200 years ago. It felt like, you know, being in the wilderness back when they, you know, the pioneers came. And everybody else kind of made camp. And I said, you know what? I want to take my son and go exploring. So we, we go, and we go paddling in our kayak, and all of a sudden, we're about an hour away, and a storm hits on that lake like I've never been in before, especially on a lake. And the water is coming over the kayak, and my son is terrified, and I'm terrified too, but I don't want to let him know. And he's like, Dad, are we going to be okay? I go, yeah, just trust the Lord and just keep paddling. Well, I'm paddling now against the wind, and it was three hours of paddling against the wind. I'm going right up to the shore. You gotta understand, this is a place where there's grizzly bears waiting for you to come to shore, right? And I am thinking we're gonna, we're gonna spill over in this kayak. Be honest with you, I can't swim, but I didn't want Jeremy, my son, to see me sweat. And he's like, Dad, he kept saying, are we gonna be okay? We're gonna be just fine. The Lord's got us right where he wants us. And I'm trying to keep a confident outside, but I did not, I did not want to flip that boat over. But my son was completely calm the whole time. You know why? He trusted in his daddy. 
and by God's grace, we were able to make it to our destination, and my lats really killed me and my shoulders for the next three days because of all that paddling. But I want to tell you this. Our Father is not afraid. He's not nervous. Jesus is not afraid. He's not nervous. He's taken us to that shore of heaven someday, and he's turning us into the people he wants us to be today so we can trust him completely to get us to heaven and to bring heaven to earth in the sense of living out those kingdom priorities now every single day, being faithful witnesses to the gospel, being conformed to the image of Christ, seeing God give us victories over sin and Satan as he conforms us to his own image. Jesus will get us there. Let's just trust in him every single step of the way. Everyone who trusts in him alone has eternal life. Father, I pray for those listening to this, if they've not put their faith in Christ and Him crucified and risen from the dead, may they do that right now. May they trust in Him alone, both feet on Jesus. And may all of us trust in Jesus, Lord, to get us where He wants us to go, not just in heaven someday, but on this earth to conform us to His image. We trust in Him. This life we live now, we live by faith in the Son of God who died and gave himself for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Everyone who trusts in him alone has eternal life. Greg, thanks so much for uh, bringing us uh, the truth and the theology behind this statement within the gospel uh, acrostic, God our sins paying everyone life. Everyone who trusts in him alone has eternal life. Mackenzie, I think the big takeaway for me uh, from this one, as Greg trained and taught through it, is really that tension and juxtaposition, if you will, between everyone and him alone. Like the gospel is for everyone. Everyone can respond to him, uh, but it's really specific. Like it is in him alone. So it is that extensive but exclusive like Greg talked about. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you pointed that out too, because it's everyone but him alone, um, which is such a, a cool reminder for that. One takeaway I had from this was the kayak story. And I was just in the trenches with him because I have done some kayaking. I have done that full paddle and some scary weather, um, but just realizing and that reassurance that our father is not afraid. Um, he is not nervous and we can trust him completely. Um, and so I just thought that was such a good reminder for us every single day um, that we might be nervous of what's going on, but God is not nervous at all. He's got yeah, us. So like encouraging to know that what we're putting our complete trust in is completely reliable, right? Uh, yeah, it's the it's just the best. And so now I'm like thinking through kayaking and <laughs> weather and like, okay, we can storm it out because God is good and he's steady. So good. That's yeah. And one other um, tip that I thought through as he was sharing a few stories and one that youth leaders, I would encourage you guys to just take right from what Greg was sharing of the chair illustration. And that is just such a great way to explain putting your full trust in Jesus and use it as an object lesson, right? Like you can stand next to it and kind of explain, um, like have the students respond and kind of engage back and forth. Like, is this trusting in the chair? Um, and then putting one foot on one foot off. Um, and then realizing that you yourself right? <laughs> it's yes and no. And, and right. Have like the students interact with you there and then end up getting yourself on that chair, standing on it um, fully as a demonstration that trusting in him alone um, and having the full weight of yourself on the chair. So I thought that was just a really cool, vivid reminder of um, it's about a Christ and Christ alone. 
so good, Mackenzie. Yeah, those types of object lessons obviously leave an impression on our students. And we've even heard stories here at Dare to Share that that particular object lesson was the very thing that clarified and cemented the power of the gospel and what it really means to trust in Jesus alone. Um, and, and I would encourage it, and we've said this before on the podcast, but it's worth saying again, uh, youth leaders, adult leaders, ministry leaders, uh, we need to be intentional about giving the gospel, sharing the gospel every time we meet with our students, whether it's a mm -hmm. small group, large group, like we need to be faithful with sharing the gospel all the time and being clear with this clear message of grace that it is everyone who trusts in him alone. And Mackenzie, I'll never forget years ago, had the opportunity to speak at, a, at an event and uh, shared the gospel. I had two students come up at the end who responded. And one of those students, it was the most freeing thing to, yes, trust in him and him alone and 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 to put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And, and he put his faith and trust in Jesus in that moment. But the other student uh, whom I actually knew and had relationship with came from a Hindu background and in the midst of going over the gospel with him, he just made the comment, well, of course I would believe in Jesus because I believe in all these other gods. So I just want to make sure I've got my bases covered. And so of course I would believe in Jesus too. And I was like, no, no, you're missing the point. It's trusting in him and him alone. You don't need those other gods. It's, it's Jesus and Jesus alone. It's not your efforts. It's not what you can bring to the table. It's, it's not in, in, belief in false gods. It is truly in him alone. And, and I will never forget, like I vividly remember that moment uh, that had tears well up in their eyes uh, as he walked away from me. And he later shared with me that he just was not in a place that he could renounce his family and his Hindu faith and upbringing and could not, would not put his faith in Jesus alone. And, and that, I mean, that's a difficult thing for sure. And, and I, I pray and wish that he would put his faith and trust in Jesus alone one day. But that, that's really the power of the gospel is everyone can respond to it. Everybody can hear it. Everybody, it is for everyone, uh, but it is in Jesus alone. And so youth leaders, we, it, even when it's difficult, but even more so when it is difficult, uh, we need to be committed to that clear message of grace, uh, but that it is in fact in and through Jesus alone. Mm, that's a good word, Jason. Thanks for sharing that story. And I think, you know, it's, it's as Greg said, if it's not good and it's not true, then like it should, it's um, sounds too good to be true. Right. And so um, that's how we know that we're sharing the gospel um, simply and, and correctly too. And so one tool I want to tell you guys, youth leaders about is the life in six words app. And um, this is something that has been translated in several languages already within the app, Arabic, uh, Mandarin to name a couple. Um, but we are just so committed um, to sharing the gospel and having everyone um, hear it as well. And so this is just some ways that we're, we're seeing that happen across the globe um, and being able to share the gospel with people in their native tongue. So great tool to use with students, great tool to use on your own as you're sharing the gospel with people from all over the world. Um, so really excited that we're just continuing to see God provide um, the gospel throughout that app as a great really faith sharing tool as well. Uh because yeah, and, and you have heard us share it before, you can go to your app store on any mobile device. You can go to li6w.com and get access to that the mobile app. But uh, that's part of our commitment here at Dare to Share. Our vision is every teen everywhere hearing the gospel from a friend and can't help but well up with excitement, especially when we talk through the gospel and this particular statement, everyone who trusts 
in him alone has eternal life. Uh, it is for everyone, and, and we're committed to making it for everyone and translating it into so many of those languages, as Mackenzie mentioned. And so on behalf of myself and Mackenzie, Greg, and the whole team uh, here at Dare to Share, thank you again for tuning in to this edition of Gospel Eyes with Greg Steer. Uh, we are partnered with you and committed with you until we do see the day and age that every teen everywhere hears the gospel from a friend. Mm.